G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. A conversation you might like to join into, might even be a good time to call someone you know who's going through some tough times in their marriage because we are going to be talking about marriage over this coming hour. When a marriage disintegrates, there's a heartbreaking domino effect and a devastating emotional toll on the wider family, friends and community around the couple. And with pressures on modern marriages increasing, we might all be very interested in initiatives that help to cultivate and enrich our marriages. Now, it's not unusual that when the pressure is on, there may be couples looking for a lifeline and inspiration to get back on track. So many of our local churches will have support for marriages, whether it's a designated couple in the church who mentor marriages or churches that run workshops for marriage enrichment. But today we are going to connect with Focus on the Family. They've been working to support, restore and build stronger marriages through an initiative called Real Life, Real Love. Now, it's a low-cost online seminar that runs for five weeks giving participants direct access to a marriage mentor. I know that might capture your imagination wherever you might be listening around Australia. Real opportunity today to connect with an initiative that can make a huge difference if you're going through a tough time in marriage. Our privilege today to welcome Brett and Kate Ryan. Brett is the CEO of Focus on the Family Australia. Brett and Kate, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be here. Well, it's a, indeed a pleasure to be with you and all of your listeners. I know we're in for a great conversation over this hour. Let me start by asking you about this idea of cultivating and enriching your marriage because sometimes we think, oh, well, we've been through a wedding ceremony. We've got rings on our fingers. Uh, that's all we need to do. This idea of cultivating and enriching a marriage. Uh, let me come to you first here, Brett. It sounds a little bit like a farming terminology to talk about cultivating. Well, what are your thoughts on what we ought to be doing with trying to make our marriages more enriched? Oh, very much so. And being the, you know, the farming expert that I am, uh, <laughs> You know, it takes a lot to, you know, succeed in farming. And that's the same thing. It takes a lot to succeed in your relationships. And like uh, any good farmer uh, has to do some pruning and has to do some fertilizing, has to do some watering, and then you reap what you sow. And we say all of that is because in, in any marriage, you need to invest in it. You need to um, fertilizer and not, you know, using that in a bad way, I'm actually saying it's the things, the, the ingredients that will actually n nourish your relationship. And unfortunately, many people, as you already said in your opening remarks, sometimes they say, oh, you know, I've got the ring on the finger, that's it. But, you know, you take your car in for servicing, and I know we've spoken about this in the past, you take your car in for servicing, even if it's running well, and I think it's important to actually take in your relationship in for servicing. 
because we all need with a little bit of fine tuning from time to time. Kate, we can talk about building a marriage. And as Christians, we'll always come back to this idea that once we get married, we want that marriage, that marriage relationship to last a lifetime. Uh, but things are getting harder and harder. What are your thoughts for couples and this expectation that when you're married, you're married in a lifelong course? Look, I think people can get a bit of overwhelmed by that, but really it should be uh, a measure of excitement. Uh, you're about to do life with a best friend. And I think think the approach to that needs to change rather than maybe I'm trapped with this person or how do I get out of this? Uh, it's more what can I do to enrich this? Um, it's not great right now, but it can be great if I'm prepared to do the hard work. Anything that's worth having is um, is hard work, to be quite honest. And uh, it it the end result uh, is greater intimacy in the end. Because if you persevere together and you journey together, you end up closer. Yeah, but it takes two people, people to it make does. it work. And it can't be just one-sided. It needs two people to invest 100% both wanting what's best for the other person and treating them with a high value and treating them with respect and dignity. And it's continual sowing. It's continual sowing into the marriage. If you don't feed your marriage, you don't make efforts to draw closer or spend time together or talk together, pray together, whatever it is, if you don't do those things, you'll just drift along yep. and then you'll wonder, who am, I, who am I married to? Yep. So you might have this aspiration that you are going to be married lifelong, uh, you know, until death do us part. That's why, you know, a lot of marriage vows go. Uh, but mm. there is a sense in which I can hear you saying uh, that sounds like a daunting prospect. Uh, let's take one step at a time and maybe some intermediate steps to in order to actually hit the goal of a lifelong marriage. I imagine that, uh, you know, you've got to look close up in the next step that you're going to take as well as have these aspirations for the future. What are your thoughts here, Brett? Well, I think it's vitally important to be um, quite vulnerable and frank with yourself and I say that is that the, the determination of a successful marriage is have a look in the mirror and see what you're doing in your marriage. And I always, I jokingly say, would you want to be married to you? And if you answer that question in an affirmative way, you know, why do I want to be married to you? Um, if there's some things that we could adjust and, and make some fine tuning, we could actually have many blind spots. And the person that we marry, and we, as you said in the, the, you know, our vows, for better or for worse, and we all go through those times, for richer and poorer, and we've all gone through those times, in sickness and in health, we go through those times. And it's those times, as Kate was saying in her opening remarks, is that, you know, that can draw us together. But it's because I, as an individual, want to be the very best version of myself. And it takes two healthy individuals to make a healthy relationship. Let's talk about when things go pear-shaped, when things go wrong, and the idea of a domino effect. I mentioned this in the introduction, the idea that when a marriage breaks down, it affects future generations, the children, the grandchildren, as well as a wider family and friends. Kate, this is something you've got to be mindful of, that there are a lot of effects that go beyond one couple just who can't sort things out. 
Oh, absolutely. And children can often become collateral damage. And we don't want that because all it does is set this wheel in motion of them not understanding what a healthy relationship should look like. And then when it hasn't been role modelled, then they can tend to go down that path as well. So we really want to leave a legacy of health and well-being in uh, their their relationships with their spouse in the future. And I, I think what can happen is if we haven't had that, let's face it, a lot of times if we haven't had that role modelled, when things get tough, we default to what we've seen. And so under pressure, what, what's been put in comes out. And so our children can really, you know, end up with the, the rough end of the deal. And we have to stop and look at that. And I, I think I've spoken to somebody recently and they said something like this, well, I'm not happy and, uh, I, you know, I'm entitled to be happy. And so, um, you know, I want to look elsewhere. And I said, well, actually, <laughs> you're not. It's not about being happy. It's about making choices to grow and develop. And the end result can be happiness. But to to step away and just say, well, my child, uh, well, you know, I'm going to be happy. They've got to live with it. They're, they say, oh, kids are flexible. They'll recover. <laughs> And it's just not the way it works. Well, the grass often looks greener on the other side. Mm. When you are going through those tough times, uh, you're often looking over the fence to see what the grass looks like. Uh, Brett, what are your thoughts here for, uh, you know, the idea that you probably are going to face all sorts of hardships, struggles, times of grief, times of loss uh, through your whole life, whether you're married or not. But when you're in marriage, uh, you're going to face those things anyway, uh, getting things in a a certain uh, order and uh, coordinate how you're going to handle those uh, within marriage. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, very much so. And I have to sort of, you have to say from the, from the, outset is we know that there'll be people here who said, I tried, I tried to make our relationship work and it didn't work. And and I am so sorry that that has been mm. your journey. Um, but for those who are right now struggling and they're saying, oh, where do I go? What do I do? Um, well, you have to start being the best version of yourself, as I said, but we also need to know that... Um, as we navigate life, and it's going to be full of ups and downs, and we have to know that it's not always going to be a, a bed of roses. But as we communicate, as we share, and we be vulnerable, and we talk about our feelings and our emotions, and knowing that the other person wants what's best, and you both want to succeed, now that takes work. And I mean, in the scriptures, it talks about uh, live at peace with everyone. And make every effort to live in peace. There's a lot of verse, verses in the Bible that talk about that. And you know, like, and you might say, "Well, that's you have no idea. My husband or my wife is a nightmare. You know, how do I live in peace with them?" Well, you still have to be uh, make every effort to do that. And if we do that, then by showing our love, our concern, and loving unconditionally, doesn't mean that you can uh, tolerate abuse. And um, and you do everything that is in your power to do what you can do. Now, there's no guarantees because, as I said before, it takes two people, healthy people, to make a relationship work. Well, I and imagine if you're not willing to do that. 
then there's, you know, you can do everything right and then you can actually say with all good conscience that you've done everything possible because there's two questions, especially if children are involved, two cho- two questions they might ask. They'll say, mum and dad, what did you do to the disintegration of the relationship? And what did you do to repair it? And if you've said, I, I did this and I've owned that part and I've done everything possible, then you can actually say, I've done everything possible. But that's a question only you can answer. I guess fighting for your marriage is fighting for your kids and your kids will recognise mm. how hard you fight for making that marriage work. Hey, we didn't all marry someone who was a nightmare. Uh, They might be a nightmare now, whether it's a husband (laughs) or a wife. But as you say, uh, Brett, uh, we didn't marry a nightmare. We actually fell in love with that person at one Mm. point. And I guess part of what you'll be doing is helping people rediscover that love that they had initially. Let me just mention, and I'm going to mention a number of times through the hour, because people who are listening in today, some people have been there and done that, recognised they got things wrong, uh, marriage disintegrated, things didn't work. Others who've decided that, oh, marriage sounds like it's too tough, I'm not even going to worry about marriage, I'm just going to be registered uh, with a partner. And uh, there's all sorts of issues we could unpack there. But we're also going to be talking about this real-life, real-love seminar that you've got running it'll it'll be a five-week seminar direct access to a marriage mentor for five weeks low cost just fifty dollars a couple i don't usually talk about prices of various things if there's things on offer (laughs) but that's such a low cost i mean that's ten dollars a week isn't it so uh, that includes a video course and a handbook the next one that's coming up starts on tuesday the 23rd of march and so I want to point people to families.org.au. If you have a marriage that you think needs enriching right now, families.org.au and be a part of what's coming up for Focus on the Family. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us. I do want to invite listeners to participate in our conversation today. Let's open our talkback line. You might have your own thoughts as we talk real life, real love, as our special guests are Brett and Kate Ryan from Focus on the Family, and we're talking about marriages that might be on the brink. You might have your own story to tell, your own input your own comment, you might have a question. And so 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. I also have a Facebook question that's up today and you might like to respond there. Not everyone wants to call in, but you are welcome to call in. But you can respond on Facebook and even engage with other listeners. The question on the Vision Facebook page today is, how does the God factor affect your ability to face hard times in your marriage. You'll find that at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Brett and Kate Ryan, our guest. Kate, let me come to you for a moment because sometimes, you know, stories speak so powerfully. What's a story that comes to mind for you with uh, with regards to how you might sort of start to assess where you might be at and dealing with some of the struggles you know that everyone will face in their marriage? Well, I love the the point you made before we went to break was we didn't marry a nightmare. We married someone because we fell in love with them and there were a lot of character traits that we really admired and respected um, in our mate. And so uh, the story is that a grown man actually went home to visit his parents 
and they were having a bit of a tiff and his father walked off. And so he followed his father and he said, why did you walk away? And the father went to his drawer and he pulled out this really long list and he said, I, I thought in the midst of this argument that I needed to come away and read why I fell in love with your mother. And it wasn't just a small list. It was a list he'd added to over the years as they'd grown because, let's face it, we all change over the years. So he'd fallen in love with her as she'd grown, not just the person he'd married, but as they developed. And so that they kept getting to know that person and being curious about that person. So the new things, they'd fall in love with those things. And so he sat there and he read, started reading them out. And so he was able to go back and talk with his wife in a manner that was so full of respect and love because he'd been reminded of how precious this person was in his life. Wow. Hey, Brett, I know that anniversaries and milestones create opportunity for couples to revisit some of those special things that they loved about each other in those early days, even coming back to marriage vows and things like that. What are your thoughts for the way you might take advantage of a wedding anniversary or a special milestone or a birthday uh, that can reinforce some of these important things about why we love each other? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we only had a couple of weeks ago, we had Valentine's Day and someone actually asked me during another radio interview, should we do something special on Valentine's Day? And I said, absolutely. But we shouldn't just wait for special opportunities, you know, birthdays or anniversaries. It should be a constant thing that we're thinking about our spouse or preferring them. Um, but absolutely, your your statement about celebrating the, the milestones, the things that we've overcome and enjoying the the... The memories of anniversaries. Uh, I've, um, I've. Kate would be the first to um, admit that I am quite romantic. Um, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet. I'm just saying she I'm says. Sounding. I'm hearing a I trumpet. Know, I, I'm hearing a trumpet. <laughs> but I would. I've acknowledged our. Um, our anniversary, the the number of days every year, and I cut out a, a cardboard uh, of the number of days that we've been married, and that's been something that we've had for the last thirty one years, and it's something that um, Kate is always surprised by because she doesn't know when I've done them, but it's something that we're just we're just celebrating how many days we've been married, and it's, it's interesting to to think about. Gee, that's a lot of time, but the time has gone so quickly, and we have been so privileged to do life together. And enjoy, even I, I say this, enjoy the the downs and especially the ups because we've navigated them together. And uh, our most recent one, uh, we went away just for a few days down to our local island, Phillip Island. Mm -hmm. It's not a long way over. Yep. <laughs> and uh, just sat talking and I was able to sit there because on the I organise all the uh, odd anniversaries and Brett does all the evens. And so I sat there and told him the reasons why I loved him. Um, and look, people might be listening and saying, oh, yes, but, you know, you sound like you've had a really easy a go in your relationship. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, we've walked through some pretty dark times um, through sickness, uh, through, you know, broken relationships around us that have affected us, etc. And we've walked those and journeyed them. It wasn't easy. It, you know, life isn't easy. But with God, all things are, are possible. Mm. There's always hope. 
We're going to hear some more of your own personal marriage journey as we go, but I do want to invite listeners. Join in our conversation. Our talkback line is open. Let's take a call. Alan is on the line from Brisbane. Hello, Alan. Welcome. Hello. Uh, yeah, just uh, ringing to say that um, I'm... T- um, <coughs> I'm talking. I'm challenging fellows and people who have a mental illness to be honest with their wives, and their wives to be honest with their husbands, even if it's just small things, so that you're having good communication. Well, Alan takes us into a deeper area again when there are challenges around mental illness. And uh, when we talk about mental health these days, that's very broad and uh, takes in all sorts of things like anxiety and the challenges that people may have faced even over this past 12 months. Uh, Brett, let me ask you to respond for Alan here. What are your thoughts for him? Yeah, thanks, Alan, for ringing in. That's uh, really uh, a vital ingredient for healthy relationships anyway is to communicate but especially when you're not doing so well you know we talk about are you okay and and many men i'm not saying all men but many men would like to think that it's a it's a sign of strength i'm okay i'm fine and or tough it out but on the inside we are really struggling and it's actually a sign of strength to say that you aren't doing so well and Having your spouse be with you through that journey and getting the right help and the right um, support that you need, you can do it together. And it's vitally, vitally important to be real, vulnerable, and to ensure that um, you are getting the right help. But one where one area that we all need to do better in is being better informed about the various mental health issues, whether it's depression, whether it's bipolar, whether it's anxiety, whether it's stress. Um, Our website's got a whole variety of different um, uh, articles and podcasts on this, but we'd encourage people to get the right support and and, and maybe seeing a third party. And it could include uh, your general practitioner, and that's a great place to start, and they might be able to develop a mental healthcare plan and then we highly recommend the Christian Counselors Association of Australia their website is ccaa.net.au and they can actually talk you through it and having an, a third party your spouse isn't there to fix you your spouse is there to support you I'm just going to add a thing to that if I could um, I think it's really important that Brett was when Brett was talking about the GP that we get all the the physical things um, assessed first, like vitamin B12, our iron, our vitamin D, because all of those chemicals uh, actually affect our brain health. And so they should be assessed first before um, you move straight to mental health plans because they can impact directly. And I say this because I had this experience where I would sit and cry for hours And I wondered what was wrong with me. I was fortunate enough to have a GP who said, you know, I'm just going to do some investigations first. before We can make a mental health plan, but I want to do some investigations first. And, you know, she discovered that my B12 was low, my iron was low, and my vitamin D was low. And they were able to sort it all out with injections and infusion and tablets of um, vitamins. 
And it was as simple as that. Now, that's not always the simple answer for everybody, but I think it's a really good starting place. Brett and Kate, before we talk any more issues around what we might do to just strengthen our marriage, the idea of having some sort of a marriage seminar or a marriage course, uh, some people would say, I'd get help, but my spouse doesn't want to do anything like that. I wonder whether, Brett, have you got some insight here for, you know, this sort of imbalance that happens? One would get help because they know they're on the rocks. The other one is resistant and saying, no way, we don't need that stuff. Yeah, it's a great question. We've had that asked a number of times, and it can be from either the male or the female in in this occasion. Uh, One has given up and the other one can't be bothered or, you know, and there can be a, a number of variety of scenarios or reasons too busy but we'd also encourage people to spend the time even by yourself because you'll pick up various skills or tools that you can take in and carry them through and by that your spouse may notice changes and as they notice they go hey hang on that that's been good. Where did you learn that? Oh, I actually learned it at a at a, the the conference. Um, there's those little things that can make all the difference. But I also have to say, just remind people, you shouldn't wait for your marriage to be in crisis or in difficulties. Mm. We all need to have some. Uh, help along the way as uh, some support and uh, investing this time will actually do some fine tuning because we can easily take the ones that we love for granted so easily and so this is a great opportunity just to spend an hour a week just talking through things that will help improve the health and well-being of how you communicate how you handle conflict identifying some of the triggers that you go through and working on a bit of a plan as you move forward in your relationship to as Kate was sharing a little earlier to have a legacy what are your great-grandchildren going to say about you in the years to come Wow. Hey, while you were uh, answering that thought on one wanting help and another refusing, I've been passed a note. Uh, We had an anonymous lady who called through, and uh, this is interesting because this could get messy, so just be ready for anything here. Uh, A husband is an elder, obviously, in their church. They've been married for 50 years and have a really bad set of marriage issues. He refuses to ask for help because he's not the problem, she is. Their pastor won't help, won't touch one of his elders. Uh, She's longing to die, a desperate call for help. Now, I wonder whether, I mean, this this is a fairly messy sort of one, but uh, anyone who's had a marriage for 50 years, they must have been doing something right all that way along. Either that or they've stayed together in spite of one another. I wonder, Kate, have you got a thought or two into this cir- this circumstance? Look, this is a horrendous circumstance, and uh, my heart breaks um, for this lady and and for the husband too, because you know when you're in a state of uh, denial or deception, um, where you can't see any part you've played, it can become a very very painful situation. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible where it says um, we look in the mirror and we see it darkly. And uh, that's where we see a distorted picture of what is actually going on. And it's only, you know, when we go to glory that we'll actually see the full picture. But I have a scripture right here and um, I had it 
just myself that I um, had photographed actually. And it's Psalm, Psalm 40 and it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Now, I know it sounds very cliched to say we can trust him, but it, when we're in a circumstance that this lady is in, where it's very clearly clear that people are not listening um, to what she's trying to say, she needs to find someone safe that she can go and speak to in relation to this, uh, whether it is a counsellor or whether it is um, if she's not safe physically uh, where she hasn't been able to, um, if somebody's not listening within the church, she needs to find somebody who will listen uh, because if she is feeling unsafe both, both psychologically and physically or physically, um, then there needs to be a step out of the home, out of the church and find somebody who is that person that she can talk to, who will listen and who will put steps in place if she's unsafe. Brett, just wonder if you've got a little thought here that you might be able to add because oftentimes when there's conflict within a relationship, there's this sense of one-upmanship. I'm right and she's wrong, or uh, I'm right and he's wrong. Uh, the idea of humility comes to mind. Uh, there is certainly a need for that in every uh, element of our marriages, is there? Uh, absolutely, and unfortunately, and I, I'm, this is a broad brushstroke, many men could abuse their authority in the household and... Um, and, and we say, you know, you should submit to me. But as it says, as it says in Ephesians 5.21, submit one to another. Um, you know, we all need to have our pride and uh, allow God to check our humility. Um, but unfortunately, uh, many people may be suffering. And as this woman has shared, and we don't know enough information, obviously, mm, and she yeah. has, if it's been going on for this many years, um, she's actually her self-esteem, her self-worth has taken a hit and she starts doubting herself um, and she, her confidence has uh, at an all-time low and she feels like no one's listening to her her at all and so she's feeling very isolated and as Kate said she needs to find a safe person to go and see through uh, to go and talk this through but I would also say that if this person is feeling unsafe and it's always blamed on the other person this is someone who hasn't got a, a humble heart he is um, in, a, in, a, in effect uh, abusive in this this state that um, you may need to physically remove yourself to actually say to the other person I'm serious. Unless you get help, this is not going to end well. You need to, uh, and it's the it's the catalyst if you the 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 circuit breaker to actually say, I am serious. I am not going to put up with this any longer. And if the church doesn't support you, then you still need to find other people, uh, other family members that will actually take you in. Or alternatively, as as I said, if if it is a physically or emotionally or psychologically abusive, you need to remove yourself for a time. It doesn't mean it's permanent. It's not, it just means this is the circuit breaker that you let them know, I am serious and we need help 
because denial is not going to cut it and blaming me for the all the problems and this is what this has happened in this scenario and we are so very sorry and we'll encourage that that person to contact us and we'll be able to send you in the right direction if we can um, to get that right help and just to be a listening ear but also be able to provide some healthy uh, resources to be able to give you that confidence back to that scenario that you're you're living at this moment. It certainly takes us deep, doesn't it? When we hear of a leadership level challenge in marriage over a long, long time reminds us that not everyone in church life, uh, when they turn up on Sunday and everyone's wearing their Sunday best still and uh, they look pretty good in the pews, but sometimes there are some things that are going under the surface that are really, really challenging and uh, it can affect people at all different levels of church life and leadership uh, that they might not always have a strong marriage. And uh, that's not to say... Uh, needing to qualify here too and Brett uh, just to ask you because sometimes people think that uh, in church everyone is uh, under this pretense of I've got to look good all the time Uh, but in actual fact the strength of marriages in church life is actually statistically so so strong it's the place to be to get that sort of nurture to get your marriage on track what are your thoughts here for perhaps an upside uh, to balance what we've been talking about uh, that can happen in church life. Yeah, I mean, that that is so true. And there's different levels, as you said, that people identify themselves as a Christian or I go to church, but it is the lifestyle. It is the, it's the faith aspect of living that life through and through. I mean, all the evidence, and this is uh, some up-to-date data would say that Couples who pray regularly together and serve together stay together. And so we all need to see the fruit of our faith outworking. What's the fruit of our relationship? What's our fruit with our work? What's the fruit with our children? Um, We can actually look, and as as you said, you can go to church and put on the mask. You can actually, you know, talk the talk. But unless you're walking the walk, it's not going. It's going to bring you down. It'll come out somewhere along the line. And so we need to find people that can make us accountable. And and I would encourage people to find someone that can actually challenge them. And challenge them with love. And even if that hurts, because we all have, as I said a little bit earlier, we have blind spots. And our spouse can identify them. And sometimes we don't like to hear it from our spouse. But sometimes we need to have a third party to help us identify that. But I think, too, you know, when we're people are in leadership in the church, identity is wrapped up in that. And they lose sight of the fact that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And, you know, the other the other scripture that comes to mind is, that our righteousness is as filthy rags compared to God's righteousness. Yeah. And that's all of us. Yeah. Um, so nobody can stand up against, you know, if you're going to do a measuring stick, nobody stands up. Yeah. In fact, it's actually healthy for, you know, n- not necessarily all the crisis. You don't have to share everything. But for those in leadership to actually share when things haven't gone so well, because it actually gives people a, um, a reality check that, oh, gee, they're having a hard time. And that's the reason why throughout this course and and when we do some public speaking and when we speak to people individually, Kate and I will often share our ups and downs because it makes us feel real because other people might look from afar and say, oh, they've got it all together, but they haven't navigated what we've gone through, but we've come through the other side and we're still walking through uh, various things. But by the grace of God, I'm just going to say, because 
every person will walk through things. It's just how you do it. Do you choose to make decisions on your own or do you choose to follow God and work together? It has to be when you walk into a, a Christian marriage, God's got to be the center of it. It just if if he's not and you lose sight of that and you start living out just the two of you then the the gap between you is going to widen but if god's the central focus and as brett was saying you know praying together reading the bible together that doesn't mean you don't do it separately because you are you know you have your own individual relationships with god but as a couple you know what direction are you traveling together with mm. God? What What's the purpose of your journey together? And I should also add that if couples, you know, if there is one person who's a Christian and one person's not, that doesn't mean that their relationship is a disaster. In fact, you can actually show God's grace by being the, the very best spouse you possibly can be and draw them to Christ because of your love. And and I've seen some very healthy marriages um, navigate that, and then the spouse eventually becomes a Christ follower because of the love that they were shown. Our Facebook question today asks, how does the God factor affect your ability to face hard times in your marriage? And a number of responses. Let's just tackle uh, one of those responses that's come on the Facebook question today. Rachel says, I am separated and I know God wants us to reconcile, but I'm scared to fully trust. I'm not sure how to do it. As last year, we almost went to getting a divorce. I'm so up and down. A thought or two, Kate, have you got a response for Rachel? Uh, Rachel, it is really tough. And I'm I'm going to speak into that just from experience. Um, my parents separated for a time. And I can share this story because my dad actually said to share it if it's going to help people. Um, my dad had multiple affairs. And so my parents separated for a couple of years. And in that time, you know, he lived a life that was still down that direction. But God got a hold of him. You know, God hasn't finished with any one person. He's, you know, when someone's given their life to the Lord, he's got a process he's going to take us through. Um, and when trust is broken, that that's a really hard road back. And so, it is a it is a process. But I want to, and it goes up and down. It's not linear. Uh, it's like any grief. It's it's not linear. It it little bumps in the roads, and then you see positives, and you know so on, and you go backwards and forwards. But so that's okay. What what's happening with you is okay. That's normal. Um, but what I want to encourage is that there is hope. He promises. That he, you know, as we put our trust in him, he will direct our paths. And I want to say that for my parents, God got a hold of my dad. It took a year um, of separation. They were separated for two. One, he lived his own life. Two, the second year, God got a hold of him. And at the end of that year, they renewed their wedding vows and were married with him being faithful for 17 years before he passed away. And so I just want to give you hope there that God's not finished with your story there might be a bump or two in the road we had a caller mm. uh, who says her husband had an affair and left her then the affair broke up and his wife has been trying to encourage him 
They're at a point of divorce, but she's not sure whether to go in that direction. She's really confused. And some of what you were saying, Kate, uh, relates so much to that caller already. People are very confused about what they should do. And, of course, uh, you know, you're in church life too, and there's a set of values that uh, you can pursue. And then there's all of the other things that might be coming via the media, on social media, and what your neighbour across the fence is telling you. Confusion can reign. And uh, I guess zeroing in on what might be a right and a reliable source of wisdom as you move forward might be important here. What are your thoughts for that caller? Um. I think one of the the things in all of this is it's going to be a process. It, it's painful. I mean, look, when we're in church, we can sit under judgment. Uh, but God said there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We're trying to navigate our human world um, with God's guidance. We're going to make mistakes. Uh, that that's just <laughs> that's just part of it. And the the thing is. God understands divorce. <laughs> he was he, he was divorced himself. He had to divorce the people of Israel. Yeah, so he understands the pain. You just have to read in the Bible of the pain of that. He understands that grief, and so we we have to be very careful that if if it's a situation where it isn't recoverable, then we don't have to sit in that condemnation. If we have done everything possible, if we've laid it before God, and the other person walks away. We, we are not responsible for that. God can restore us to him. It, it may not restore the relationship because you're not responsible for what the other person does. You're only responsible for what you are doing. And I, I think, yes, that confusion because everybody speaks into it. You should choose just a couple of really trustworthy, mature Christians who um, and, and a counsellor, of course, um, and and when you choose a counsellor, please be very wise. Um, get it through a recommendation of somebody who has maybe experienced a certain counsellor who gives wise counsel. Um, and so I rec- do recommend the Christian Counsellors Association of Australia um, because we've come across many um, counsellors from there and we actually we run marriage retreats and we have those counsellors come to our retreats and the feedback from the couples who come has been extraordinary. Okay. Well, I wish we had so much more time because we've gotten into some deep waters and uh, there's so Mm, much more to uncover here and to talk about, you know, that God factor in our marriages, strengthening our marriages. But just to reinforce, as Kate says, the Christian Counselors Association of Australia, they have a website and if you're in desperate need and you need to connect with a counsellor today, you can do that, ccaa.net.au. But for those who are looking to perhaps bring your marriage back on track or right back from Mm. the brink, let me mention the Real Life, Real Love Seminar. It's a five-week seminar. You'll be able to have direct access to a marriage mentor for that five weeks. What does it cost, you say? We haven't got a lot of money to spend on this. Well, uh, do be mindful. It's a good thing to invest in your marriage, and this is just $50 per couple. I don't often talk about uh, price, and and by the way, this is not a sponsored segment. So $50 a couple for the entire video course and a handbook. The next event starts on Tuesday, the 23rd of March. 
Now, there's also, just to quickly mention here, for Victorian listeners, uh, you're based in Victoria, Brett and Kate. Uh, You actually have some retreats that people can be a part of. The next one coming up on June the 4th through the 6th. And there's a pastor's retreat too. So you're wanting to uh, tackle marriage and enrichment here at a whole lot of different levels. Uh, Just a a quick thought or two here from you, Brett, on, on just the number of resources that we're talking about just now. There's some help here for everyone who might might be going through a challenging time. Absolutely. And and we're here to serve. And our website, there's a lot of free um, information that they can people can um, download, a, a short article or a podcast that will be relevant to them. Um, the online one was because of COVID. We actually, we would normally do it uh, on a three-day weekend, um, a conference at a church, and uh, but we decided to put it online. But then we found the most effective of all the things that we have is going to a retreat where you go with your spouse and we pamper you for a whole weekend and we uh, treat you with the with a very high value but we team up with Alan and Helen Meyer from Careforce Life Keys and we uh, do about eight sessions uh, on a variety of different topics that will um, definitely challenge you, convict you, but also encourage you and empower you to have the most healthiest of marriages. Well, let me give the website one more time. Write this down if you are in need right now of a boost in your marriage or if you know someone who does, families.org.au families.org.au when you go to that website uh, focus on the family website on the very front page there's a big banner that will uh, will uh, knock you over almost as you uh, go onto that site real life real love that's how you get to participate in the online seminar it's a five-week seminar next one starts 23rd of march brett and kate ryan thank you so much for taking some time, sharing your own heart, your own story, and for being a blessing to everyone who's listening in today on 2020. Thanks, thanks, Kate. Thanks, Neil. Been such a privilege to be here. Thank you, Brett. And it is a welcome opportunity, and we love partnering with Vision Radio. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.